Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patrick Grimion. I'm here with Jordi Collada from the Jordi Collada Show. We're going to talk about his journey, getting started with that. Kind of, we had a similar boat where we started out our own show. He's grown it, done some really incredible things. And so we're going to hear a little bit more about his story, kind of how he got there and his back history as well, kind of what makes him the expert on sports within his show. But before we get started, a big shout out to our wonderful sponsors who make this show possible, Falaya Real Estate and Government Taco. And without further ado, Jordy, man, welcome to the show. Patrick, it's great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you on, man. Yeah, we've man. been we've been chit-chatting for a couple months to make this happen. I'm glad yeah. we're I'm glad we're here. I'm glad you're in the chair. I, I appreciate being here. I've watched um, a lot of the work that you have done up to this point. I believe we're at 98 episodes now, so congratulations on creeping up on 100. Thank you. Uh, you are the 98th. I love that, man. Uh, and it is uh, very grateful to be here because uh, I've seen the work that you've done, and obviously uh, your work speaks for itself. So uh, when you opened the invite, we were excited to be here. I know that we've had to move around and shuffle around a little bit, but it's great we to did. be here and um, very excited to be here and proud of what you're doing, man. Good deal, man. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I think we rescheduled once, yeah. maybe. I think for then the hurricane or something came up where we had to reschedule That's right. it. But That's he, right. yeah, something something happened where we couldn't right. make it work. Yeah. But I'm glad we got you back on the schedule. So yeah. I'm excited to hear more about what you've got going on, man. But I kind of want to hear a little bit more about your backstory, where yeah. you came from. What kind of a what kind of a kid was Jordy Collada? Yeah. Uh, well, I was probably uh, kind of a punk <laughs> a little bit uh, from Baton Rouge. Um, grew up loving LSU, loving sports. I grew up in a culture and a family that was very uh, sports proud. Um, Italians, uh, <laughs> Southern Italians, you know what I mean? So big family atmosphere, big Sunday lunches around a 25-foot oak table on my, my grandfather's. Yeah, man, and he's making stirring over his, his red sauce, his red gravy for 72 hours for three days before Sunday lunch and Everybody's there talking sports, talking politics, talking what they're, uh, you know, just what they're passionate about. So, you know, a lot of what uh, probably I do, the background of it is, you know, the baseline is kind of communication and what we're in. Right. And um, all of those skills were probably developed in, in that atmosphere in growing up where everybody was speaking their mind. Everybody was open. Everybody was passionate, whether it was about um you know, whether it was about sports, whether it was about music, whether it was about art, whether it was about politics, whatever it may have been. Um, you know, those are some of the, the times that I think back when I think of my childhood, those are things that jump out. Um, just being around family and being around friends and really South Louisiana, you know, what I mean, being around LSU and being around uh, Baton Rouge and the, 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 the sports scene here uh, in town. So did you always know from that young age that you were going to do something in communications with sports or I knew it was going to be in you, sports. Were you pushed like were you pushed towards sports or was it just like, you know, my family's really passionate about this and you kind of picked up on that passion over the years? Yeah, I had a, my, my uncle, uh, Mark Collada, who's a, a successful landscaper here in town, um, is a sports fanatic. I mean, just a sports junkie and, and always has been. And when, you know, I was young, he was probably in his sports 
fandom pro, you know, pr- <laughs> prime, right? Yeah, I mean, like right he was the height of it, height of it, right? Where he was going to high school football games on Friday night and chasing down some of the top prospects just to watch them play and not missing an LSU game on Saturday and loading up and going to the dome on Sunday and watching the Saints. And wow, yeah, I mean, it was just all of that. I was kind of in the back seat for, right? And I was just kind of there. I didn't know that I was falling in love with it, but I was, and. You know, my mom always tells a story. They were, we were at a tailgate when um, I was probably 10 years old, 11 years old. And we were tailgating in the A parking lot right there outside of Tiger Stadium. And I came running up with Shaquille O'Neal. And Shaq was a freshman at LSU. And I just wanted him to meet my grandfather who was there. And for whatever reason, he obliged that when I asked him. And I remember my grandfather and mom telling me on the way home, Whatever you do, you need to be doing something in sports because it's very rare for somebody like Shaquille O'Neal to follow a a 10-year-old around a tailgate just to come meet his people. That was a connection that they saw early on that this is a talent you have. Not a lot of people can make this happen. So um, it was since then that I've always kind of had the the, at least the thought of being around something with sports and communication and – this is where we are now, man. I know. I feel like when you when we are at such a young age, we're very impressionable. Sure. And if you're around sports and you see how excited your family gets about it, yeah. it's just like a natural drawing towards it. It is. And, you know, one thing in, in, in parenting that I'm trying to um, really do with my son is, is open him up to more life opportunities. Because if there was one thing that I look back on my childhood without any regret – I love it, is that I was just swallowed by sports. Everything I did in my world was either about sports, playing sports, around sports. And it's what my passion is still today and keeps me, you know, waking up every day in the morning to to do what we do. But, you know, I want to give my my son an opportunity to have at least more options if if he can find his passion. Um, I'm sure that there will be some type of sport to it because he's – very much in and around that that world, um, but just kind of trying to open up more opportunities for him. Right, it's that showing what you're passionate about and what you're involved in, but also saying, look, just because I am, absolutely, mean you have to be. 100%. You know, this is my world that I love so much, but look, you wanna go off and do something else? Go for it, and I'll support you through that. 100%, and that, you know, really, that's my background. I come from a construction background. My family was in construction since, you know, the mid sixties. Wow. And I mean, Patrick, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't hang a door for you. I couldn't, you know what I mean? Like I, 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 I can barely, I can barely hang a picture. You know what I mean? Like it's, I am so unskilled in that area. So I understand that even if you come from something, even if you come from a, a lifeline of work, uh, you know, uh, um, that, that it's okay to, to, to go do something else. I mean, totally right. different. Um, which, you know, I know a lot of my, my, the people in my family, uh, really respect and are appreciative of, um, and there's some that wish that we would have carried on the, 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 the family business, but, um, all in all, you, you, you have to make your own decisions. Yeah. You have to make your own decision and really follow what you're passionate about. You know, I, same as you, my dad owns a plumbing company and is second generation, and from the time I turned 18, that's what I was doing. You know, yeah. Even from 16, I was doing odd-end jobs with him. But from the time I turned 18, I was going, he was an industrial plumber. So 
I was going with him into plants and doing all that stuff. And I was like, look, you know, I want to be, go out and be an accountant, you know, become a CPA and all that stuff. And he was like, look, go for it. And thankfully I'm one of four siblings, four, one of five kids. And so my other brother was kind of there, went in construction management, started helping my dad with the family business. And my other brother came back and did the same thing as well. And so it's having that family background of, look, this is who we are. This is what we do but then also having the opportunity to go out and do what you really want to do that you're passionate about from a parenting parenting perspective is huge. I agree. And not to box them in yeah. to look like I do sports, you got to do sports. Right. No, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that, um, you know, just showing them what passion and hard work is, is the lesson. And just not, apply it not to so whatever much, you Yeah, do. whatever you want to take that, wherever you want to apply that, um, that, that's the formula, right? right? I mean, that's what you're looking for. You find whatever you're passionate about. It doesn't have to be anything that, that I want it to be. It's, it's whatever you fall into and can find. Because, you know, I mean, I think you know, some of the best advice I ever got when I was younger was find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. You know, I mean, I think that's very much true. When I was getting into, you know, sports communication and sports radio, I mean, there was a you know, a six, seven year period of it where I never felt like I was working. I really didn't. I never felt like I was, I mean, I would get paid and really be like, wow, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting paid. <laughs> getting paid to do something to I love. To do this. You know what I mean? And, and, and I really understood the feeling of, of what that, that meant. That piece of advice really hit home. It knocked, you know, it slapped me in the face, really. I mean, I, I really learned that lesson, kind of held on to those words. And when it hit, I, it really... Now, once you have a family and you have a son and, you know, things become job and you're feeding other people and you've got your responsibility to educate somebody and make sure that they're clothed and have a, uh, a roof over their head, things change. Priorities oh, yeah. change and, 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 and the thoughts and feelings change about things. But you never lose that feeling of, hey, man, I'm doing something I love. You know what I mean? I really am at the end of the day. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing something that I'm dreading waking up to do. Yeah, you're going to work. Only by name only, in name only, right? Yeah. You're going to the place of business that you're right. going to have a fun time doing whatever your craft is. That is when people are most at home. And if someone can find a career in that path, I mean, that's just the way to go. Yeah. So did you ever like progressively get into sports communication, like in high school? Did you play sports or were you like the sports announcer? Yeah. I was, Where, what was that role kind of leading up to your career beginning? I was always playing sports young, you know, and was, um, went to St. Jude on the corner of Highland and Gardier yep. and went there from the age of, of kindergarten through eighth grade, started uh, my high school at Catholic high, ended up graduating from Parkview and that entire time played football, basketball, baseball, and was always around it. You know I mean? It was always uh, around sports. And my senior year in high school was playing for Parkview Baptist and Jimmy Ott, who's a local uh, radio host, longtime radio host here in town, uh, was doing a play-by-play -play broadcast for our high school football game. We were playing Sid Edwards and Redemptorist High School uh, over at The Rock, over at Magella Field over there um, on Redemptorist's campus that, you know, since has been closed. But uh, And I told Jimmy Ott that night, I remember this, I mean, in pregame warm-ups, seeing him doing a hit on the field, you know, down there, I remember thinking to myself, I can do that. Like, I can do that. I I, I – I can do that for a long time. I know that I can get there and talk about football into a camp. I wasn't scared from the camera. I wasn't scared to publicly right. speak. That was, you know, really the mountain you would have to climb to really overcome to do that. And I thought I've already, I've passed that. Um, and I told Jimmy Ott 
that night on the field, I want to do this. What can I do? And he was good friends with my uncle, Mark, who I, I referenced earlier on. And I ended up getting in touch with him and he would just throw a camera on my shoulder my, my summer after I graduated, I mean, I was going into college yeah. and he would just tell me, go get material. And, you know, I mean, at that time we were tight with all the guys that were playing at that time, Michael Clayton, Marcus Spears, these guys that were marquee recruits for the area we had great relationships with. So we were going and watching them play basketball. We were getting them live on the radio. And Jimmy was telling me, man, like, this is, this is how you make this thing work. Like right. if you can do this, like this, where you can get the guys that are making the news or you can get the ladies and gentlemen who are making the news and you can have access to them and bring them to the public, to a platform where the public can access that, you can be successful in this business. And I mean, that was really kind of the, 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 the formula that I took and still to this day, really kind of, I mean, that's kind of our mission statement. That's kind of our byline. I mean, that's kind of who we are. We want to, you know, we want to, not, not, we don't want to create the news. We want to take the people that are creating and making the news and bring them to the public. We want to have the relationships that's good enough and strong enough where they trust our platform to come on. And um, we want to create an audience that, you know, has a, has a habit of coming to us because they know that they can get that type of information. And really, that's what it is. He told me that in 2000, the summer of, of 2000. I mean, all, you know, 22 years ago, 21 years ago, of, hey, if you can do this, and we're still doing that today. Yeah. I think in sports, especially, it's all that relationship-driven yeah. mentality of who can you get on, who can you get in front of the camera, behind a phone, et cetera. How do we get these people here to tell their side of the story, to tell their point of view from how the game was, You know, what actions do they think could have been better, et cetera. And it's all relationship-based. It all is. And you've got, you got to have a, a platform or a leg to stand on because, like, I know if I call somebody in the sports world and say, hey, let's do a sports report, right. they're going to be like, Patrick, you don't do sports. Right. Like, why am I, I going to talk to you, you know? Exactly. But if you've got that rapport, that history of, no, look, from after high school, I was filming this stuff. I was establishing relationships. At the age of 10, I got shacked to come talk to my family. Like, I've been around it. I know the scene. I'm credible. That's why you should come and talk to me. Yeah. I mean, you want to build that reputation. You want to build that brand. You want to build that feeling for somebody who comes on, right? And there's a fine line in our business because people also come to you to hear opinions, um, to hear news, to hear inside information that they believe that you may have. Um, you know, for instance, right now, I mean, we're, we're in, in, in the center of this LSU football season that's getting off to a rocky start with uh, a lot of the optics around the head football coach that, that don't look right. And we're given our opinion, but we also have relationships up there at LSU football that you have to, you have to try and procure, you know what I mean? But yeah. you also owe your audience, the people that are there every day and to the sponsors that are paying for the show to provide this platform for people to come listen to. You got to give your, your true thoughts and your opinions because that's why, that's why people are tuning in. So it, it's a razor's edge, right? I mean, when, when, when you're still trying to hold on and create and develop and maintain relationships while giving your honest opinion about somebody's, about somebody's work, you know what I mean? It would be like somebody, us logging off tonight 
and tuning into a show where people are like, yeah, I think, I think Patrick was a little off tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? For whatever yeah. reason, he had the, he had the top button unbuttoned. It just wasn't a, it wasn't a it good look for him. You know him. what yeah. I mean? Absolutely. And his guest was, he was full of bull and I never <laughs> believed a word he said. So, I mean, uh, hopefully they'll be better next week. Right. I mean, you would be like, who are these guys? You know what I mean? Like, who do they think they are? I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what we're, we're in the biz. So I understand it's a very fine line that you have to walk and, yeah. you know, I mean, sometimes you venture a little too far this way and you gotta, you gotta try and center exactly. it back, you know, you know, you don't want to have, you know, coach O call into the show and right. then immediately hang up and say, yeah, you know, I thought he was trash last exactly. week. You're going to call him again. Hey, you want to come on next week? No, yeah, exactly. I'm not coming on next you burn week. a relationship. Like, and that's in the sports world, especially once you burn one bridge, it's like, Bridges to start collapsing without you even doing anything. That's right. Because of how tightly the network is at LSU. I mean, if you start bashing one coach, well, they're going to start and telling all their players, don't talk to him. Yeah. You know, and now you've lost a whole sport. Right. And, but at the same time, it's that, okay, well, how can I say my honest opinion? Sure. And that's when it's, you know, how do you do that? Do you, you know, do you find a way to talk with them beforehand? Like, hey, man, just want to give you a heads up this week. I'm going to be a little harder on you because I think you made some mistakes. You know, really, the coaches are more sensitive than the players are. You know what I mean? I really think that the players are so used to almost the criticism and right. the, the social media world that they have now grown up in. I mean, when you're talking about athletes in 2021, they have gone through now high school. They've gone through even like peewee with social media. Yeah. So, I mean, people have had access to compliment, criticize them on a public platform their entire life. So they're almost, in some sense, conditioned to it, right? Where they're, they're not as shocked as some of these old school coaches who are in a market, in a bubble in Baton Rouge, where they're a huge fish, right? I mean, they're, um, they, they're enormous as far as their personality goes, and they rarely have people that will criticize them, especially yeah. openly, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people that do it behind their closed doors yeah, and they're, they're Monday morning quarterbacks and exactly. they should have done this. But when you get on a public platform and it's out there that people can access it at any point. I mean, the stuff that you and I do, you've got 98 episodes in the can. You've got 97 in the can with the 98th being recorded. There's 97 opportunities for people to go back and listen to what you've said. Yeah. That lives. That breathes. It, and it, it goes on forever. And which it is, lives forever. Exactly. Right? So, I mean... Um, that there's a responsibility that comes with that, not only to the, 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 the subjects that you're covering, but to yourself. I mean, you know, I mean, you owe it <laughs> yeah. to, 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 to yourself to be honest in the moment, because I mean, that's stuff that people can reference forever. Um, so there, there is a fine line that you have to walk out. And, and, and right now, as we speak, I've probably overstepped my, my relationship with, the head football coach and especially his, his assistant, Derek Panamski, who, you know, he and I, we, we hosted a radio show together. Uh, we, we have built businesses together. We've, we've been friends. Um, and in, in this business, when you give information or you say some things that they may not agree with, they have the opportunity to just cut you off. Right. And, yeah. and that's, that's how that world works. And that's some of the stuff that we're dealing with now. How do you measure? How do you weigh? How do you make sure and stay professional in the sense of you have to respect that, but you also owe the truth to the people that are coming to you to get the information. Yeah. Your audience is coming to you because they like the way you talk about a game. They like the way you report on a game. But I, I you know, just dawned on me that it's kind of, it's kind of humorous that sports is one of the only businesses that people talk so much 
about the action of the business after the fact and yeah. analyze each and sure. every move. Like you don't see shows where people are talking about CPAs and all oh, that tax return. Let me tell you what, line one, right. Patrick right. just was not good there. Yeah. You know, he left this number off, left that off. Right. Like no one really gets as much analyzation, as much scrutiny as a sporting bit industry does. I mean, they talk about every play, every down, every action taken by the team is talked about publicly, openly, on TV, on radio, et cetera. It's one of the few industries that has that. It is. And, you know, from, from that standpoint, um, you know, it's really a double-edged sword for those guys. That brings them a ton of attention, gives them yeah. great opportunity to make a, a lot of income on promotion stuff and in what they do. But it also opens you up to, you know, you could be sitting around the table uh, eating dinner with your family with Sports Center on in the background, and there could be a national platform just bashing you oh, for the yeah. way that you've played. So, I mean, um, it, it is definitely one of the worlds that, you know, from even being in it, I don't understand the other side. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I don't even understand the, the, so have, you the never, have you never coached? I have coached, but okay. not on the level of, you know, the, the closest I've ever been to it, the closest I've ever seen just the day to day grind and what it does to you in this world was back when I was in college. John Brady gave me uh, LSU basketball coach, former LSU basketball coach, John Brady gave me a just tremendous opportunity to be embedded in his program. Uh, you you asked me what the title would be. I would say it was probably assistant to him. I mean, I would go get his laundry. I would go get film. I would make sure that there was enough basketballs for shoot around. I would uh, drive him to the airport for recruiting trips. Just everything that was needed around the program, I was had a front row seat. And during those two seasons, two and a half seasons, they went to the Final Four. They won the SEC. They had the SEC Player of the Year. They had the SEC Fresh. They were tr- experiencing a tremendous amount of success Right. And 16 months later, after the final four run, John Brady was out of a job. He was fired. I mean, by by the LSU administration. And I remember thinking to myself for for so many days of that project being alongside of that is that I want to be a basketball coach. I I can do this. I I can see the where I, I have access to these types of people. I can I can learn the game. I know I can recruit, which is probably the toughest part of it. But then once I saw that he doesn't spend days with his family. He misses major events for his, his kids. He goes and works his ass off nearly 325 days of the year. You barely have any days off. And then you, you experience almost getting to the mountaintop. You're right there on the edge of the mountaintop. And within a year and a half, you're out of a gig. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're making a lot of money. And the, 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 the financial stuff is great, but you're missing so much life by putting all this blood, sweat, and even tears in, into making and creating this thing. And then at the end of it, just because they get a new president on, on the university and he goes to one game and doesn't like what he sees, he says, nah, get him out of here. And, and you're moving your family in the middle of, of February, right? I mean, it's just, it, it, was, it was the first time that I had access to that world from the inside, right? Like I've always been on this part of it where I'm covering it. You guys tell me when to leave the locker room or you tell me when the question, there's no more questions from seeing it from the other side. I always thought to myself to always respect the subjects because they are human beings, man. 
I mean, I, being with being with John Brady, families. being with John Brady the day that he was fired at LSU after 11 years on the job, after SEC Western Division titles, SEC titles, pumping out NBA players, going to the Final Four, I saw him break down in his living room like he was a 13-year-old kid because he had lost something that he loved, right? And 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 I, I remember thinking, man, just in that moment, while just gripping this 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 old man to me at the time bawling his eyes out over losing this opportunity thinking that there's always a human being behind these 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 athletes these coaches these oh, yeah. there's always a, a a personality there's always emotion there's always uh, a family a home uh, you know i mean that drive home for him that day was uh as painful of a of a drive as he ever made and and, and to be there in that moment really was another great learning lesson for me in my professional career of, um, you know, if you're going to stick with the media side of this, then you need to respect the human beings that are, that are, that are in it. And if you go into the basketball side of this, you better be prepared for, you know, high, high highs, but low, low lows. Yeah. And that's <clears throat> for coaches, especially it's, if you're doing great, people love oh, you. Oh man. Yeah. You make one Wrong move, one mistake. Yeah. Well, look at Ed Ogeron. You're immediately no. Let's we got to replace him. Yeah. Let's replace him. I mean, think of think of the wave that Ed Ogeron was surfing 16 months ago. Oh yeah. To think about where he is now. I mean, he was doing PR hits for the governor, right? I mean, they were using his name, image, and likeness pretty much to promote masks, and that within two hours got over two million hits, and now. You know, I, I'd, I'd be willing to believe if you put him out there, you know, I mean, people would be anti-masking. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it just, yeah. it just. Heck, why do I have to listen to him? Yeah, right. That's a bad play call. Yeah, right, you know? exactly. Exactly. Get the defense right and then we'll, we'll, we'll listen to you. I mean, it's just how fast that it can, it can flip on you. It's a light switch. You know? I mean, really. It's, it's crazy within sports. Again, it's one of those few professions that one wrong move and yeah. you're out. Immediately. Yeah, and like with no lookbacks. Yeah, it's no. It's not like if if you're if you're a coach and you get fired halfway through the season, they're not going to call you up next season and say, "Hey, yeah, we made a little, we're a little hard. Let's bring you back." Yeah, exactly. You know, that's right. So that's with right. with the show, you know, you you built this repertoire through through radio, getting these connections, and now you've got your own thing going, the Jordy Collada show. Yeah, what was that kind of origin story of getting it started? Yeah. You know, defining where is the undisclosed location. Right. You know, what was that journey and that process like becoming an entrepreneur in addition to being a sports writer and a sports talk show host? Yeah, very scary. Very scary. You know, I mean, um, T-Bob Hebert and I over the last four years had really developed a radio show um, that was gaining national reputation. You know, national um, – it, it was getting national attention. Um, it, it, it was – just ranked this this past year, six months ago, uh, as the the number eleven overall mid market morning radio show in the country, um, and that that was very difficult to achieve. And yeah, it's a lot of blood, yeah, sweat, and tears. A lot, a lot, a lot of lot of hard work, a <laughs> lot of meetings, a lot of lot of branding, a lot of uh, you know just figuring out what we want to look like, sound like. What do we? How do we interact? And the, the developing a chemistry uh, with a co host is there's no practice for it. You know, you have to do that on, you have to do this. You have to turn you the be, microphone on, the turn the camera on, turn the lights on, and you just got to start rapping, 
right? You just got to start doing it and you got to do it every day and you got to keep doing it. If you miss a day, it'll set you back a day. And if you overwork two hours, it'll give you an advantage for two hours the next time you get together. I mean, it is as real of repetition and practice and gives you back real time skill as anything that I've ever done. And, um, you know, in January, uh, that opportunity was, was, was taken away from us, um, you know, right in, in the middle of the night. I mean, really and truly, I mean, I, I was there on a Thursday and, and was not on the air on Friday. Uh, and that whole thing was blown up and really kind of thinking to myself on where do we go from here, man? I mean, what, what is going to happen um, to where we are? And there was a non-compete that was in place and uh, there was a digital, um, really a kind of a digital opportunity for us to crack into. And that was our success that we were having on YouTube with the radio show and Facebook on those digital platforms. We had to strike while the iron was hot. Our, our, our people knew about us. People knew where to find us. And within two weeks, we had created a channel. We had created promotion. We had gotten together press releases. We had painted the streets with who we are and that we were coming and that we were, we were here and we were going to be uh, something new that you could find on digital platforms and we were going to be sturdy and we were going to be, be somebody that you could build a habit around that you could find us every day and that we were going to be somebody that you could come to to get information on Louisiana right I mean that's who we want to be we want to be one of the sports authorities in this state we want to have relationships with the Pelicans and Saints just like we want to have relationships with Kim Mulkey the LSU women's basketball coach and and Roman Banks the athletic director at Southern um, we want to have those relationships where people can come, feel comfortable, and, and, and get their information. Uh, and to build that, took a great team. I've got yeah. a fantastic team. And t- in two weeks, that's that's a very quick turnaround time it was. to put together and, a team, gear, space, everything. And Rivers Huey, who is, is, is no longer with the program, was very instrumental on in getting it off the ground from a promotional standpoint and really helped us out create the buzz from a social media standpoint. She put all the press releases together and was really, um, you know, very much uh, so helpful in, in getting us off the ground um, as far as our launch went. Uh, Katie Alligood is, is really the business manager behind us. She's really the brains of what we do. She's kind of the mom of the show and keeps everybody in line, keeps it all in bounds, make sure we're paying our taxes, right? I mean, like, man, she keeps us out of jail. I mean, all, that, that's, that, that's when, when, people, when people ask me, you know, like, what's her right? I, I usually, the, the elevator pitch on her is that she keeps us out of jail. I mean, she's, she's making sure that from a business standpoint that we're uh, you know, we're invoicing people, we're getting paid, all that stuff from behind the scenes, which, you know, I'm very incompetent at. I mean, I just, it's not, it's not my skill set. And she has been uh, really just a blessing from, from just the team standpoint in providing organization for us. Um, and, and we put together a, a crew uh, behind the scenes. Lloyd Courtney is our, our, our producer who's got great experience in the business um, and, and really is somebody who takes a lot of pride in his work. And he's also very opinionated, which I, I, I love, yeah. right? I mean, I need somebody to kind of go back and forth with it's good. It's good banner. It's good dialogue. It's good. Um, it's just good for the show. It's good entertainment. I mean, cause hey, at the end of the day, we're entertaining. Entertainment. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, exactly. really, I mean, you can't just You're go there and monotone <laughs> into the microphone and expect people to hang out. So last night the game exactly. was terrible. Right. They so we just landed awful. back from Los Angeles and Pasadena was sunny. The skies were blue, but the food was okay. We'll be right back after this. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. You know what I mean? It's not going to yeah. fly. Um, 
so, so Lloyd's been great for that. Not only doing great production work and doing things behind the scenes and making sure that we, we, we sound good and we, we, we stay from an audio standpoint um, right there, but he's, he's also a great part of the show. And then uh, Noah Tingle and, 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 and Jack Crescido, who are, are two guys that are just hungry and they're college kids and they love it. And they want to be around it. The things that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, they have all of those qualities where they, you could tell them, hey, I've got you a press pass at St. Thomas More in Lafayette on a Friday night to watch Walker Howard play against Quincy Wiggins, two of the top prospects in high school football in the country. And they could be at a bar room and they'd say, where do I need to be? Like they're ready to do this. They want a camera on their shoulder. They want to create relationships. They're not scared of the microphone. They're not scared of the lights. They, they have a great opportunity and a great avenue in this business, in my opinion, if they want to keep going. And we love that we provide them a, a chance on our show to get going. And they've done great for us on social media. They've done great for us in just providing a presence. I mean, we had a presence out at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. We'll have a presence on LSU's practice fields every time they're open. We'll have a presence on Tiger Stadium, in Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night. So, I mean, and those are the guys that are doing that. Um, so it takes a great team, as you know, yeah. you know, to, to, Teams to, are to do this type of stuff. I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's a machine that everybody has a, a corner of and people have to work their corner of the store for the machine to function. And no one person is more greater or means more to the team than anybody else. My show, my name is on it, um, but it doesn't function without, without the crew. Right. I mean, it's not it's not the Jordy Collada show without the people that are pumping the gas into it every single day and keeping yeah. it and keeping it moving down the track. So um, it's still scary. You know what I mean? There's still it's, there's still days yeah. and there's still times in which, you know, you you lay in the you lay in your bed, and you stare at your ceiling and, and, and you just say, what's my next move? What's where do I go from here? What, <laughs> yeah. what do I do next? How do I handle this? It's a real thought. It's, I mean, as a, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, that thought is always in the back of your head. What happens if I go in for tomorrow's show prep with my material and someone hears it high up and says, shut it down? Yeah. You know, do what we can to shut that show down because he said something or they said something about this particular individual that we're supporting. Get him out of here. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. like that's especially in, the, in this world in that field. It's like, you know, you could say something like that. But I think what, what you did with getting the team together before just saying, hey, let's put up a camera yeah. and I'll just keep talking. Right. I think that is kind of this, the building blocks for success of the show. Yeah. It's saying, I can invoice. I can't run the production. I can be behind the camera and be behind the microphone talking about it. I need people who know the industry, but are really specialized in those fields. Now we've got a team. Yeah. No, it's been... Um it's been incredible to learn. You feel like you've learned so much every day. You know what I mean? It's more like you get home. You don't even know that you're in it and learning while it's happening. You get home, sit down and exhale and you say, wow, I mean, that was okay. Now I, I see where that I can implement that somewhere down the line or I can watch out for this minefield down the road or, you know, keep my head on a swivel for something like that that could happen in the future. I mean, it, it's all things um, that you learn in this position. And um, it's been an incredible year, all, nearly a year, uh, as it'll be a year in January. Um, but it, it's just been an incredible time in leading up to where we are now in football season. I really feel like we've got our feet underneath us here in football season, which has always been the plan, right? We always wanted to be kind of at our best right now. 
because right. this is the most intrigued and interested the public will be in, in what we're talking about. There is there is that that year round sports fan that's always there, and we're grateful for them, extremely grateful for them. But during football season, you get that secondary, that fringe fan, the people that really may not necessarily care about what's going on on the field. They just know they like LSU football. And, and they right. know LSU football is happening. They're looking for someone to tell them, hey, I missed some parts of the game. Let me hear a recap from somebody who's going to talk about it the week after. Exactly. And then on the flip side of the business side, you got to have that person say, okay, now we're in football season. The viewership's going to go up. The attention's going to go up. Our reach is going to go up. Now we got to talk to our, you know, our, our sponsors and say, hey, for football season, it's going to be a little bit more because you're going to get more of a reach. Yeah, and I mean, it, l- judging by the numbers this week, just uh, we we went live Sunday night when we got home from Pasadena, did our show Monday morning, went live again on Monday night. We signed a couple of name, image, and likeness deals with a couple really? of athletes That's over awesome. at LSU. Yeah, so on Sunday nights, we've got access to B.J. Ojolari, who's a freshman All-American defensive end from last year. He's now in his sophomore season. Got a great background to him. I mean, he's royalty, legitimate royalty. He's a prince from Africa. I mean, Wait, they, really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they the call it coming to America. Yeah, right. trying I mean, to send some they gold call over Akeem, here. Akeem. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's coming to America all day in the, in, in the locker room. And we talked to him on Sunday night, and then Kayshawn Butte, who, you know, was probably the best wide receiver in college football on Saturday, plays for LSU, um, is, is another one that we signed, name, image, and likeness deal. So we had those. But the numbers this week are crazy. I mean, oh, just yeah. wild. That's, just And, and just kind of like a ticker. I mean, every time you go to it, it's just steadily turning. Yeah. Um, and you got you to watch them, and you got to interact absolutely. with those that are there. You know, we've got Vashal Vasanji saying, Patty and Jordy, yeah. you know, what's up? He's saying what's going on. Yeah. I mean, and Vashal is a great reference for for somebody like what we're doing. I mean, he's an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He's somebody who is understanding and building relationships and the and and the value of what that means for building whatever company you're in. He he knows the background of building businesses better than anybody I've ever met and he has been a great resource for us. We've hired him as a consultant on on our show because of just his experience, very much trust him and his opinion. He shoots you straight, which, yeah. you know, is tough to really get personal. I mean, there's a lot of people that talk about us behind our back, and that's fine. You know what I mean? You and I put ourselves in the public every single day, right? I mean, when people say, did you hear what they said about you one time? I don't go there, man. I, I'm, not, I'm not going there because <laughs> yeah. it's, there's, nothing, there's nothing good that's going to come from it. There's nothing that I'm going to read there that I don't already know that people, you know what I mean? For as, f- If there's five good posts, there's going to be one bad post that's going to piss you off more than anything they could say good about you. So you might as well not even read it. We put ourselves out into the public every single day for people to take those shots and to be able to say whatever they want. Um, you know what I mean? To have the opportunity that we have, I mean, that just kind of comes it just kind of comes along with it. It's, it's part of the territory. It's, come to, it's just part of it. And, and, and I tell everybody young in the business, as soon as you can get over that, you will be better for it. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I mean, is, if you can get over that. I mean, I used to care about that stuff so much where it would cloud me on being my best on the microphone. Yeah, right? Because you, you kind of try to back your head. You try to talk to please everybody. And nobody wants to hear you say this because I heard that somebody said that he was talking about that yesterday and I didn't want to, bro, you just, hey man, turn it off if you don't want to listen. I mean, that's, that's the the deal. The show is what the show is. The show is what the show is. And you're going to say what you're going to say. Yeah, exactly. And I can't control that. And if I want to try and control that, that is, that is an L. I'm going to lose 
You know what I mean? That you cannot <laughs> yeah. win that fight. If you want to, if you want to confront everybody that is talking about you in this business, it's over. You're not going to last because one thing I can guarantee you, they're talking about you and they're probably talking bad about you, but you know what? They're coming back and that's what matters. And that's what we're promoting. That's what I'm selling because at the end of the day, Patrick, I mean, I know you and you know, I'm a salesman. I'm not really a sports guy. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm a salesman who can speak sports, right? And we've got to be able to sell. We've got to be able to go sit across from somebody, explain who we are, what we do, why you should trust me in promoting your company. When people hire me, when people say, hey, we're going to advertise with you. I'm now on your payroll. I'm a part of your company. Treat me as if I am a part of your team. I want to know the lingo. I want to know the language. I want to know the prices. I want to know the specials. I want to know how people talk in your industry. So when they hear me promote it, they say, hey, look, he knows what he's talking about. Right. And yeah. that's the trust that we try. I try and build with people uh, on this platform because that's that's what makes it that's what makes it go down the track. Yeah, and you you've got to be able to be ready for criticism because, sure. like you said, they will they will talk bad about you. Yeah. You know, they're going to say bad things, and you've got to be able to figure out. Okay, I see what you're saying, I understand it, but that's something I can change. Yeah, you know, because they're going to find something right. that you do or something you say and say, "Oh, you shouldn't do this anymore." Yeah, says I. Exactly. Well, who who are you? Right. Who are you to say something? You know, we got Barrett Blondo saying you have to grow a tough skin if you want to do something great. Well, and look, man, Barrett Blondo, who you and I know, great guy. He's the best. He's Barrett, with Barrett and I great grew guy. up together, uh, and we were we were really? kids in this town. Absolutely, man. I didn't we really were grew up young, together. growing up together, and uh, Barrett has always been a great friend, uh, first and foremost, and always been so supportive of of what we had going on and, and it speaks for the relationship that we have right now and seeing him what he is doing at Falaya. It's I incredible. Mean, <laughs> is a, a just a, a fascinating success story to watch what he has done. And if you have talked to him, if you have been around him, you see it's really his energy that's really fueling the whole thing. He believes in it. He's passionate about it. When you speak to him on it, it's almost as if you're like, hey, man, I got to get a part of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what can I do to come on your shit? Let me in. Let me in. I I see that you've got the fever, you've got the blood, man, and you've got, uh, he's got the passion for it. And um, as a friend to to Barrett, I'm so thankful for him for always supporting me. He's always been, I mean, he's, as soon as we we, we announced that we were launching the Jordy Collada show, I mean, I looked down and had a text message from Barrett, come see me next week. What do we need to do to be involved? Um, and, and, you know, it's just that that means so much to to our show and to our platform and to our friendship. But to see him as a, a business professional to what he's doing, uh, not only and for our community and, and him being out there and, and everything positive, but for absolutely blowing the brand up of Falaya real and estate. His, I mean, his love look around. There are signs. There's Falaya everywhere, signs everywhere. 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 I mean, they're everywhere. Um, so and his love of man. doing it for the city, yeah, right. His love of doing it and being local, yeah. you know, every time he goes into a new city, he makes a big deal about we're now in this new place and it treats every place like his home, Yeah, which is why, you know, when I met, when I met Barrett probably a year or two ago and we started talking and then he came on the show and he was like, look, you know, what can I do? What can I do to help, et cetera. And I was like, bro, I was like, I love your brand. I would love for y'all to be a part of it, you know? 
And just having people like that in the community is so great that we behind the camera have the ability to show those people off. 100%, man. You know, and you within the sports world, myself within the business entrepreneurship world is bringing guests on like yourself, like Barrett, that are in the community just doing amazing things and showcasing that for them. Hyper-local wins. Yeah. Hyper-local is what – that's why That's why high school football, in my opinion, is so it, – it's it, – it, it's, it's such a common denominator with everybody. You know what I mean? When you go out to a high school football field on a Friday night, you see grandparents, aunts, uncles, you see younger siblings, you see everybody that's there because it's so community oriented and driven. Barrett Blondo and Falaya Real Estate feels like Baton Rouge. Yeah. It feels very local. It feels like if you're from this area, you know him, you know the brand, you know what he's about. That's what we want to create at the Jordy Collada Show. We want to be hyper low. We feel like we've done that in Baton Rouge, that people know who we are. We now want to take that down the, the I-10 corridor to Lafayette, Lake Charles, New Orleans, all the Homa, Thibodeau, all those areas and become comfortable, cozy right. for people. Which is, which right? is tough to do. It is very, if, very because much. If sometimes because people, people go in with, a, with a, a mindset. They, they put, put you in a box. Well, people go in with a mindset that they don't want to like you. Yeah. That you're, you're, full, you're full of crap. You're not, you don't know what you're talking about. You're, you know, that's... I, I do it. I'm guilty of that. I mean, think about it. When you, <laughs> we you, all you, are. you go I, into, I am, you yeah. go into new stuff, you're, you're, you're a little skeptical. You know what I mean? And, um, if we can cross that barrier, right. And create uh, a sense of, I like to call it cozy. I like to call it comfortable is, is the term I use. Just make you feel as if, Hey, I, I don't want to go anywhere. You know what I mean? I like, I like it here. And, yeah, and I like, I, I like being here and I like seeing what people are doing. Right. And it's, it's tough when you are based in, you know, a Baton Rouge city and you want to say, Hey, I want to go to Lafayette. You know, I want to branch out there. It's hard to see, to think about how will you be received? Yeah. You know, how will they feel about you coming into their territory? hundred percent. Are they going to say, Oh, this Jordy Kaladi is just full of it. He's a Baton Rouge boy. He doesn't know how we do it in ULL. We don't know how we do it at Southeastern. He just doesn't know. He's a Louis, he's an LSU guy, and that's it. That's all he'll ever be. And how do we break through that and say, no, look, we're a state. You yeah. know, we're we are across the playing field. And, we're not just within this one space. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to show off. Like today we had Willie Fritz on, two-lane head coach. Every week we have Frank Wilson on, the McNeese head coach. Um, we talk to Billy Napier a lot down at UL, uh, down in Lafayette. So I mean, it is establishing that mark in those communities that like, Hey, if you want to listen to Billy Napier speak about this week's game, check out the Jordy Collada show. And that yeah. introduces them like, okay, maybe he doesn't, you know, maybe he kind of knows what he's talking about when he's talking about Cajun football and he understands where Billy Napier is and what, 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 what drives him. Um, so, you know, those are just kind of the, the day-to-day stuff, man, that goes into it. Yeah. And I think getting those coaches on yeah. really makes an impact. Mm-hmm. So on, on the on the NIL, you said y'all have got some uh-huh. some players on NIL. What yeah. is what does that look like for y'all? Um, so for us, I mean, again, relationship driven. You know, we we reached out to to both Kayshawn and and BJ Ojalary. Those were two guys that we had pinpointed going into the season that we thought would be very interesting. That were going to be players, obviously, on the field, uh, and that have really good personalities. Um, and we reached out to to both of them personally. BJ's got representation with Rock Nation Sports, uh, Jay-Z's uh, agency up in Brooklyn, New York, uh, is where they're, they're, they're out of. Um, so we talked to his representative there. And then Kayshawn has kind of a friend from back home handling his stuff. Um, so we worked out all the deal, uh, the parameters of the deal, um, you know, kind of through their representation. 
And, and in that, they do, a, they do a story on Instagram, on social media per week, wearing some gear. You know, kind of like, hey, heads up, we'll be on the Colada show at 630 tonight, tune in. Um, and we have them on once a week up until um, December 1st through football season. Oh, wow. Uh, we'll have them on once a week uh, and we'll compensate them uh, once a month. Um, and it's been pretty, it's been pretty easy. You know I mean? Like it's for, for, for the most part, you know I mean? It, it's, it's been pretty simple in the sense of, um, that was me knocking. <laughs> he was looking around like somebody's at the door. Um, it, it's been pretty easy in the sense of having them on access to them. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's something that's very much benefiting them. I, I wonder what that locker room was like on Saturday night after a tough loss, yeah. You've got guys with NIL deals and they're all kind of in their phone right. and, and they're, they're all kind of thinking their, about, you know, you know kind of their, their portfolio. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Are, are we going to get sponsorships pulled right. after the first game? Um, you know, you know? I, was, I was talking to, to, to some of the guys in the, in, in, on the team and, and, you know, I mean, that, that was definitely, that was definitely there. There was definitely a part of that in the locker room. There was definitely a press. Now it wasn't overwhelming, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but there's, there's a hint of it when, when you introduce that world, to two college kids and it's brand new you know i mean that was kind of the first taste that lsu had had of it in a in a competitive atmosphere and and, and they were on the wrong end of it and you can see where it, it it may be at times a little tough to manage um you know from 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 an institutional standpoint um but i i think for the players for the student athletes um it really is a win you know i mean it really was i think long time coming uh it was it was a fight that that the NCAA was just getting steamrolled on. Um, you know, I think that, you know, Mark Emmert's trip uh, up to Capitol Hill in front of the Supreme Court justices a couple of months ago will, will, will live on for a long – it had to be a very embarrassing moment for their organization to just be totally reprimanded, you know what I mean, almost uh, talked down to yeah. by, by, by Supreme Justice um, representatives. And, and it was – uh, you know, it was it was it, it was widely accepted from um, from from the, the the populist standpoint of the student athlete. I, I, I guarantee you that there's uh, you know the 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 administration is just scared of it because they don't understand it. There's so much to it that's untapped and ungoverned and unregulated at this point that you know I mean all of uh, you know big time universities their biggest fear is probation. And, and scholarship limitations and, uh, you know, uh, not, not having a, a chance to appear in a bowl game or something like that. And this right. opens you up to that stuff. It, it's, it's a whole new world. Whole new world. <clears throat> that they've been open. Whole new, and it's a to. wide open space. Oh, yeah. It's wide open. It's, it's, it's up for grabs, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, but we're starting to get towards the end of the show. We have yeah. a set list of questions we like to ask everybody. Absolutely. So what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Something I did as a kid that I wish I still did today. Sneak out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sneak out of your own house anymore? <laughs> Just the, you know, the thrill of it. You know what I mean? You yeah. lose those types of thrills where. That, that uh, high of, yeah, the of, high of, of being of around house. your friends. And, um, you know, I mean, that, that is something as you, you, you grow older and you get, you get kids and you start your life and you've got a mortgage and everything that comes along with that is that you lose you lose those those day-to-day -day interactions with with the people around you that you grew up with you know what i mean yeah. and those those fun times that you can look back and laugh on that you share now in text groups uh rather than around dinner tables um so you know Gosh, just the it was, it was so simple it's so in simple high school. Uh, so really and truly if, if if that's what i miss 
yeah. of being a kid. The the, the 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 simplicity of it. The the the, the just picking up and moving and uh, being able to put together a group of ten people with three phone calls and you know being on the road to uh to to go into False River or uh, Tickfall or somewhere that we could put a boat in and just hang out all day and laugh and listen to music. I mean. To do that now, that would take almost two weeks of preparation, right? And I don't know if you could get month, 10 people. Month, yeah, right. I mean, planning out. Yeah. Uh, but all right, guys, for next summer. Yeah, right. <laughs> almost. What, what are y'all doing? I mean, like, we take a trip every summer now. My buddy, William Miller, who I grew up with here in town, and he's moved to Tuscaloosa, has got a great place down in Pensacola, and it gets our friends back together once a summer. And, and this past summer, we did it. And it's, you know, we all look around on the third or fourth night. We all say, we got to do this in a month. You know, and the next time we do it is when we're in Pensacola the next year. You just you just let it go because there's just so much parenting and school and you know, life. everything. Life. Life, life happens. Life, I life, think life. it's like bachelor and bachelorette parties for those that get married. It's like yeah. that last final. Yeah. Hoorah. That's, yeah, that's right. Last little trip around the sun, man. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you've gone from starting out in radio from such a young age to working for, you know, a big radio company to mm -hmm. now starting your own media company. Yeah. What are three lessons that you've learned along the way? Um, respect. You know, I mean, young in the game, I was very arrogant looking back and still probably have a lot to learn in, in, in that field. But, but respect is what I learned from that flaw in, in the sense of what it can provide you um, when applied correctly. And... Um, going into things with an unsaid respect and um, learning how to control that. Um, same with emotions and, you know, things that, 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 that can drive you and, and make you make rash decisions or make you sit down, take deep thought and make a, a wise decision. Um, so that um, obviously the relationship building part of, of what we do, you know, I mean, I think, um, I, I have a built-in advantage in that being from here. And my dad is, is somebody that people know. My uncle is somebody that people know. My grandfathers were somebody that people knew. So I was around influential people growing up. And a lot of people recognized me from those days. So I had almost a, an advantage in walking in to, to businesses as a young salesman because a lot of the people that were in decision-making positions – were people that I had known growing up or people that my dad or somebody had a relationship with that I could get past the third or fourth wall into the decision maker's room. But that didn't, I learned, you know, early on that, all right, now that you're here, it doesn't really mean anything if you can't sell it, you know, if you, you don't gotta, know what you're talking yeah. about, if you don't, if you don't show them how you can get a return on their investment, they're not just going to cut you a check because your last name is Kalata and you're from here. It's just not going to work, buddy. You, you know what you I mean? You got to be able to provide something of value to them outside of your name. 100%. They'll get you in the door because of your name, but they're not going to But gotta you got to close the, the door behind you. That's right. Is 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 kind of the way I look at it. So that that is still a learning process every single day. I mean, that that is still the relationship building um and the respect factor I think kind of go hand in hand um in in what we do. And then always to be grateful you know what I mean? I really and truly, I mean, if my situation that, that happened at Guarantee would have happened to me two years ago, even a year ago, I don't know if I'd have been prepared for it in just from an emotional standpoint, right? Like, I, I don't know if I, I would have been able to handle having such a, 
uh, an opportunity that that I loved taken out from under me in the way that it was. Um, but just having the um, strength at the time to be grateful for being there for a decade, 10 years, and everything that that allowed me to do right. once I was there, you know, truly having a, a, a appreciative feeling on that was something that, that, that was really new to me because I, you know, I was somebody that, that could be, um, you know, me against the world type person. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, you know, wanting to be so emotional on something like that because um, I, I couldn't see that there was something that I did in that situation to cause that, right? Where you take a step back and you realize, hey, man, from a respect and a relationship building standpoint, this is the decision that they made. Be grateful that you were here for such a long time and were able to create an impact and 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 create this life that you now can go out and expand on. Right. Um, so you know, really, I thought you know, over the last ten years and that that experience, um, those are three things that really stand out in in just kind of teaching everyday life um, that not only you can apply in business, but you know, I mean, you te- you you apply in in parenting, you apply in it's in a, friendships. It's applied across the board. It, it's 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 applied from the time you wake up to the time you go to you, you go to bed. Hundred percent. So. What is something you love about Baton Rouge? Um, well, I mean, for me, it, it, it's it's the community. Um, it's the feel. Even being out in Los Angeles last week where, you know, I mean, life is so easy. And life is, you know, it, it just as a tourist. I'm not speaking to somebody that lives there. But, I mean, the weather's great. The, 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 the choices are there. You can go eat whatever you want to eat. You can do whatever you want to do. You can go surfing. You can go biking. You can go climbing. You can go mountain climbing. You can, whatever you, you, you want right there. Landing that plane, you know, landing on that plane Sunday afternoon and, and being back home, there's just no place like it. There's just no place like the, there's no place like the South to me. There's no place like South Louisiana specifically. And to me, it's the people, you know, I mean, I really do think that it is the people that make it great. It's, it's the, the fellowship that we have, the, the pride that we have. But then when it all comes down to it, like events that we saw over the last week and a half, like a yeah. hurricane that comes through our community, you know, I mean, we talked to uh, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, who is a very talented chef from Thibodeau um, and, and is a proud Louisianian, uh, spoke to him last Wednesday and he had been spent, you know, sitting in a gas line waiting to get gas in his car for two hours. His dad had been in a car accident that's more, that morning. Jesus. And he was talking about just all the people that were helping them out, the people that were allowing his dad to get in front of the line and fill their gas up and filling up the cans and getting stuff there. And you know, I mean, there's so many people that you and I know that have done so many good deeds over the last week and a half for the people that they don't know. They've never met them. You know, I mean, I've got a friend of mine who she went and got a trailer and filled them up with all the gas tanks she could get. She put it out on social media. She wanted gas cans. They, she got 60 gas cans. She went and filled them up, just trailered them down to home. And you could see the people when she pulled up were like crying into her arms. They don't know who she is. She just pulls up and just throws it in park and says, hey, you know, anybody need gas? Anybody need gasoline? I mean, it was like kicking an ant pile, yeah. you know, with people showing up. And I mean, it was just... Uh, those types of, of actions, that type of uh, that type of, of of kindness, I think that's that that's what draws you back to Louisiana. I mean, everybody has the same story. Everybody leaves, but they either want to come back or they end up coming back. And I think the reason for that, 
you know, the kind of the common denominator of it is the people. It's, it's, 100%. you can't go anywhere else in the world and find people that you can laugh, live, love, cry with like the people of Louisiana. It's oh, just, it's just very sure. different. It's yeah. a, it's a very different, um, it's, it's, it's unexplainable. You know what I mean? Really? I mean, you meet people last week in LA that ask you if you, you know, you take your P row to work, you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they, you just don't understand. <laughs> they, they, they just don't know what they don't know. You yeah. just don't understand the, the culture and the down and, and knowing that when they show up here, when UCLA makes the return trip in, in two years, it's going to make an impact on them that they fall in love with this place and they'll talk about it for the rest of their life. It's just 100%. how it happens. It's just, that's just, I've seen it too many times. I've heard it too many times and being from here, it's, it's in my gut. It's in my heart. It's in my, it's in my head. I mean, it's just, there's no place like home, man. There's no place like home. Thousand, thousand percent, man. So for the last question, what can I do to help you? Um, keep doing what you're doing, bro. Really and truly. I mean, you are in the same space that we are trying to dig the roads for. I mean, how many times have people reached out to you and say, how do I get there? How did you get there? Where is this going? Everybody that I'm looking at is doing and trying to do what, what, what we're, we're doing. Even people that are in the industry under corporate umbrellas are looking around saying, hang on, that, that may be the, 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 the avenue to be on right now because it's growing so rapidly every day and more people keep showing up over here and they're leaving the traditional spots. They're, they're, they're moving from traditional to something more digital, creative space that is easily accessible for everybody. Like you said, in two weeks, you built a show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in seven months, we have built a following that's going to be there every day because of the habits that we've created. And you can access us here. You can access us on your PC. You can access us wherever you find, you know, on smart televisions. Where, wherever it's convenient wherever for you. Wherever it's convenient for you. And not only that, you can go grab it whenever you want it, right? Yeah, I mean, like, it, you, that, can, that you, can, you can reach out and yeah. grab it and get it whenever you you, you, you feel like, listen, you can pause it, and come back to it. You can set a reminder that I want to listen to it tomorrow. You can turn that alert off for the weekend. It's, it's so convenient. And another thing, we hadn't taken a break. Yeah. In one hour, we sat here and we've been giving and creating content and not snapped it one time. I mean, if you want to captivate an audience and have them just sitting back and saying, hey, I want to learn about the Patty G show or I want to learn about the Jordy Collada show, I can do that in this hour and I don't have to be interrupted by them. I can take my interruptions when I want, but it, they're not going to interrupt it's me. It's controlled. Yeah, it's right? controlled interruptions if you want to go that path. If you want to front load or back load your, your creative sponsorship spots or do it in a different light. You know, we've got government taco cups, government taco mic flags, right. Absolutely. and you can get creative mm -hmm. with paying the bills. Yeah, we wear hats. We wear shirts. Exactly. We have signs behind us. We've also done the traditional media read right? During the show. I mean, I've done some live reads like I did on radio, Yeah, but we're still talking like Vishal and I are speaking about how we change that. Do you flash logos? Do you have somebody dance across the screen with a logo? Do you have whatever it is not to break programming? That's, that's the goal. We don't want to take a break mm -hmm. in two hours. I mean, sometimes it's long. It's it, your, your throat gets dry sitting there just talking for an hour. You feel like you need to stand up, move around and, you know, grab a sip of water, but that's why the team is great. Where they can keep the they can keep the train rolling down the track, and we can keep either promoting, talking about segments, talking about topics, having an interview, but we're not breaking, yeah. and we're not losing you, and it's, it's keeping it going continuously. Absolutely, it's continuous content, and continuous programming. So, for to answer your question, keep grinding, bro. That, Go to hundred and get to two hundred. That's that's the game plan, man. We're we're here. We're not going to stop. We're going to 
keep going as best as we can through everything, you know? Yeah, man. So I appreciate you coming on the show, Jordy. We've got to, we've got to wrap it up because we could be here for yeah. two or three hours chit-chatting, thank you, man. man. But I want to thank you for your time. I really appreciate yeah. it. I thank you coming on for the show and just getting to hear your story and just understanding more and more behind the scenes of what's going on and how you got to where you are. I appreciate thank it, you. man. Thank you for what you do, man. And thank you for having me on. And uh, thank you for putting me on the people of Flashbang Productions, bro, because <laughs> they gosh. are the best in the business. And yeah. it's not even close. When they came over there and spent the day with us, they have changed the way we look. They've changed the way what we're doing behind the scenes. We're going to have them back to give us their, their, their graded assessment after what they told us to do. Uh, but it all came from, from watching this show from your relationship with them, from your passing along the contact information, and they have, you know, be somebody that we'll work with forever. Um, and yeah. that's how this world works. So thank you again oh, very much. Dude, you're more than welcome. I'm always happy to help. And so with that, everybody, thank you all so very much for tuning in, whether you're on the live or you're on the post-produced. I really appreciate it. I know the guests do. A big shout-out to our wonderful sponsors, Government Taco. They are right there on the corner of Jefferson and Government Street. They've got daily specials. They've got a Taco of the Month happening, Margarita Mondays. We're going to be out there next week, um, Wednesday, for episode 100, bringing in all the some of the past guests and just having a great time out there. So if you're around Baton Rouge next Wednesday, September uh, 15th or something like that. Yeah. Come on out and just check out the show, eat some tacos and, you know, come out and meet us. We'd love to do that. And also to Falaya Real Estate, who we talked to, we talked about during this episode, y'all, they are truly an amazing company. Barrett Blondo, the owner and founder over there is doing wonderful things in the community. You're looking to buy or sell a home. Be sure to check them out and they're going to walk with you every step of the way throughout the whole process. And with that, I am the host, Patrick Gurmion. Here at the Patty G Show with Jordy Collada signing out. Y'all have a great one.